were at the table basically discussing tickle sticks and trumpet throats. Straight from the West. Oakland is the best. Baby, it's so fresh. Drop tops roll down the strip. Baby, that's the tip. Don't stop dipping until I quit. It's five o'clock somewhere. Welcome to the industry special. <laughs> Welcome to episode 46 of the industry special podcast. It's been a minute. Been gone for a while. I got some notes here I need to talk about. Patreon.com slash industry special if you want to support the podcast. Got multiple tiers. You get some merch. You get some stickers. Get some shit. Print up some shirts if y'all want to actually give me some more money than uh, $2. You feel me? Um... Apologize for the absence. It's been about a month, but I got the Crown and Stitch podcast I'm doing. So, you know, coming back over. I also have four jobs now. So, you feel me? Tapping in. Um, also, shout out to Nick Ingvall from the Crown and Stitch podcast. He has COVID right now. I don't know if he's doing better or doing worse. I haven't talked to him all day. He's been, I've been hitting him. But uh, so, uh, prayers up for my homie. But introducing the chef from Tribune Restaurants. Sebastian Brown, SB Culinary. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, how you guys doing? Sebastian Brown. That's all you Chef de Cuisine. Cool. <laughs> now go ahead. Talk to him. Okay. Uh, yep. New, newly appointed Chef de Cuisine of the Tribune, downtown Oakland in the iconic Tribune building. We're doing some uh, delicious plates. Really, really well sourced from here at all the local wonderful farms. All the great foragers, vendors, farmers, fishermen, you name it. We're bringing them in the building. So come and visit us. Come check us out. We'd love to have you. For sure. I was telling somebody today, they were asking me about why do we have this beer in there or this. I was like, yo, we doing local shit. Like we got local farms we're getting our food from. We got local breweries that we're getting our beer trying to get as local as possible you feel me so come down and check us out 13th and franklin and we got a third guest on here another sb baby ballon in the building talk to him introduce yourself what's going on what's going on sean b west Oakland's finest coming through supporting my boy dexter on his podcast uh also one of the fan members from tribune oakland as well um new to the industry which is why i'm on the industry special basically just dropping some old school knowledge in regards to kicks hats and whatnots and also music as well so okay for sure for sure for sure for sure all right all three of us now cj finally sent us over some questions i tell you man we got we got you, better, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Um, so before we get into anything specific, specific with y'all, I got some quick questions I'm going to ask y'all. Um, since we're doing an order, I'll have Sean go first with the answer and then Sebastian come next. Don't think about it. First thing that comes to your head, answer. Quick hits. You feel me? All right. Favorite ice cream? Chocolate. Vanilla. Oh shit! <laughs> Getting racial here. <laughs> oh fuck! I, I forgot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I forgot. Drink. 
I have a Lagunitas little something. Sean's got an Arctic Bree Blitz. Gatorade. Arctic Blitz Gatorade Slushy. And we got a Buffalo Chase Pomegranate Concoction over here, Chef. Oh, fucking perfect timing. This is not the Fernet I asked for, but it's all good. My brother just came through. I forgot I didn't have any Fernet, so we're drinking Luxardo Fernet tonight. Oh, nice. Where's my card at? There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to my brother Ramon for uh, making the, the store run for me. Shout out, Raymond. Bro, I didn't yeah. know Luxardo made a fucking Fernet, but here we have it. Cheers. Out the bottle. Oof. It's not that bad, but it ain't Bronca, baby. Might have to bring it to Tribune and let Gina uh, make a drink with it. Uh. All right. So we got favorite ice creams. All right. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Mortal Street Kombat. Fighter. Oh, one at a time. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter. I'm a Mortal Kombat guy, so I got a that's, a that's a balanced situation right there. All right. What's your favorite character in each game then? So Mortal Kombat for you, Sean. Street Fighter. Sub Zero. Okay. Ryu. Okay. Uh, I'm a I'm a Liu Kang man myself. Uh, boxers or briefs? No answer. Boxers, I guess. <laughs> boxers. I'm a boxer brief man myself. Favorite movie. Uh, it would have to be a tie between Coming to America and Hollywood Shuffle. That's against the rules, but I'll let you slide this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go Enter the Dragon. Ooh, I forgot. Straight out of a comic book. Here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a uh, training day's mine. Favorite movie snack? Whoa. Um,. Come on, quick Jeez. hits, man. Quick hits. Quick hits. I don't really I don't really eat during a movie, actually. Soda pop. Soda pop. Alright. Um I'm probably a, a pop. I like I like popcorn. I gotta have some hot sauce on my popcorn though, you feel me? Alright, South Park or Simpsons? Damn. I would say Simpsons because I've been drawing them since the fifth grade. Simpsons because they go back. Yeah, Simpsons for sure. I love South Park, but Simpsons, come on. Yeah. Rick and Morty or Beavis and Butthead? Beavis and Butthead. Oh, Beavis and Butthead. I'm Rick and Morty. I love Beavis and Butthead, but Rick and Morty's not. <laughs> and Beavis and Butthead have a new movie coming out, too. Can't wait. We it's called Beavis it. and Butthead Do the Universe. I'm with it. Um, this is perfect for you, Sean. Favorite Halloween candy? Oh, that's got to be, uh, I would say... Snickers. Okay. A little mini airheads. Ooh. Um, fuck. I don't even know. I'm probably a little baby ass Twix for me. <laughs> you trick or treating in those fancy neighborhoods. They're giving out airheads. <laughs> you go to Rock Ridge. Go, go to Rock Ridge, baby. <laughs> um, are you, if you're vacationing, Vegas or Hawaii? I think you haven't Hawaii. been to Vegas at all, right, Sebastian? Haven't been to Vegas, but I think I'd probably choose Hawaii anyways. Okay, for sure. I haven't been to either, and I'll still choose Hawaii, so. All right, we're going to take a little turn here, y'all. Favorite sex position? Oh. 
finished. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. It'll matter as long as I'm finished. <laughs> I have no preference. Okay, gets down. However, <laughs> bass. Shit, doggy style, dude. There we go. <laughs> Tickle sticks. Tickle sticks. All right. Ideal temperature. You only pick one of these. 50 degrees or 90 degrees? Every day. 90. 90. 90. I'm 92, for sure. Uh, you, would you rather wake up early or go to sleep late if you can only do one? Go to sleep late. Mm. Go to sleep late. Yeah, me too. Uh, what's your most unpo- most unpopular opinion? Uh, I'll start. Guacamole is this? Oh, I was gonna oh, say food wise. I hate I hate guacamole or avocados. Period. So, damn son, you can season avocado, man. Make that make texture is fucking disgusting. And I, I could dig it. I don't like ketchup on steak. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. fuck that. Fucking Darren puts ketchup on what eggs and uh catfish or some shit like that. Darren is different, man. That's Darren. <laughs> he is. That's a big balance. All right. I know uh Sean doesn't drink that much anymore anymore, but if you had a go to cocktail, what is it? Old fashioned. Uh Sean B special, which is basically just a tall ass glass of top shelf rum with cherry coke and no ice. I didn't know they made top shelf rums. <laughs> Yeah, it's kept away from me. That's why it's on the top shelf. <laughs> Actually, we uh, we got Gina talking to Sherry from Chef Distilled, first legal rum distillery in Key West. There's some top shelf rum that you got to try. That's right. We talked about that. We got to get that. That is some top shelf rum. I haven't had it yet, but I've heard good things. Creme de la creme. White wine or red wine? White. If I had to drink it for the rest of my life, just I mean, just pick him one. You know. <laughs> oh, red. I'm red too. Um, favorite shoe ever? I know, Sean. This is all you're in your alley. Dunks. No, I want a favorite shoe. You mean the Nike Air Dunk? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Damn. I'd have to go with like the. The old school Adidas gazelles. Oh yeah, I forgot. This, this is the soccer guy over here. Football. I mean, that was just the utility shoe. You could do everything in that. Yes, you can do everything with that. All right, that's enough for that. But I got some uh, transition. Got to ask uh, Chef Sebastian here. What makes someone a chef? Do you, what do you have to go through to be called a chef? Is it like a military rank type of thing? Because when I first started working there, people wouldn't talk to people, you and Omri by your first name. They just say chef, 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 chef. And I was like, what the fuck is this about? And I never asked anybody because I didn't want to. I was like, no, I'm going to save this shit for a special <laughs> day. What did you have to go through to become who you are? And what does a person need to go through to become the rank of someone calling you chef? 
Well, I think to to really narrow down what you have to go through, there is no right or wrong way of going through it, but there are certain foundations that you need to know in order to be able to go through it. Um, Because a lot of chefs' lives kind of open up the opportunities for them to see things in their own perspective versus someone else's life. So individualistically that's a whole open-ended story but as far as just the title of chef yeah it's could be borderline military you're basically learning skills from someone in a very controlled environment that are going to be applied to the day-to-day operation that you're going through and that could be completely different to someone else's version of what they think a chef should be based off of what their needs are So what I had to go through was multiple rites of passage and battles within myself and versus me trying to see what I could do better than others. Instead, it was just more of an everyday battle myself. Um, Tons of struggles, power vacuums, politics. I mean, the works. Um, But also a very good practice of discipline of keeping a clear mind and always having a focus on a goal because working in the kitchen is very goal oriented. It's either it gets done or it doesn't. So if it doesn't, there's no reward that's reaped. It's, you know, extreme punishment, disappointment, self-doubt, you name it. you know, it's just an internal struggle, but then you're also going to have, the consequences of failure at a professional environment. And sometimes people handle it in different ways, you know, versus things being thrown at you, you being yelled at, uh, or you just being ejected from the kitchen as a whole. Uh, I wouldn't say that I had to go through all of those every time, but there were some instances where things like that happened, but whatever, it makes kind of a stronger person in the end because you can look back at it and see the lesson that you learned. But as far as a chef, it's funny that you asked that question because I just saw this quote. Kind of to round up what a chef's got to be is you got to think like a scientist, organize like an accountant, inspire and motivate like a warrior, move like a track star, plate like an artist and cook like a grandma. So if you can do all right. So if you can do a little bit of all that stuff, then. You know, I've always related it to being a a midfielder in soccer. You got to be able to run to the offense. You got to be able to run to the defense. You got to be able to stop goals. You got to be able to score goals. You got to be able to do a little bit of everything. Because if you can't, then you're just a one-track pony. And when a situation arises, you know, what happens? So Essentially, you got to be like Scottie Pippen. Yeah, basically. You don't have to do all of it, but you got to be able to know how to do a little bit of all of it. Do a little bit of every fucking thing. So, what brought you to wanting to cook professionally or go on your path to becoming where you are now? Did you fall into this or was this a plan at a certain point? Because where I'm at right now, I fell into this. I did not choose my path I'm at here. Uh... No, this was a life choice from early on, and I don't know if it was through the genes because, you know, apparently there were some great uh, 
cooks, not necessarily chefs, but some really phenomenal cooks in my family on my father's side, but I don't really know them that well. Um, but I hear stories and I'm just from a really big family. So I knew pretty much early on that I was going to be wanting to do this professionally. Uh, pretty sure that one of the times that my mother told us to go get a picture for with a new shirt on, I went and found a chef coat and then that was my dress shirt for the picture. And all the years later, when I'm actually working in professional kitchens, you know, I get sent that one random day after being in a kitchen for about 10 years. I, I just started cracking up. Uh, but yeah, I want to say probably I was thinking about it when I was probably six or seven, but I definitely told myself that I'm going to be a chef one day when I was 10. I mean, I used to cook for a family of six. My sister always telling me she's hungry and, you know, didn't want to actually go and do the cooking, but she didn't mind doing the dishes. So it kind of worked oh, out. Yep. Teamwork. That, <laughs> yep. That was a trade right away. Hell yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Let's let's uh, pivot to Sean, who is our expo guy. I kind of know how this happened, but how did you get in the position that you are in? One, two, how do you like it? And how was the transition from being fucking Sean B from West Oakland's finest to being <laughs> fucking blue button down expo man running the motherfucking pass? So the funny thing about how I got involved with Tribune and being an expo is that I was actually working in financial tech, um, online mortgage with, uh, better.com. And, um, what ended up happening with me there is that, uh, pretty much they want everyone to be licensed to be able to speak on mortgages and things of that nature. You could speak on certain things, certain terms, but you can't speak on everything because it's against the law. So they want everyone to pass a test in order to become licensed. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to pass this test. Because of that, I was let go. And this was in August of 2021. Um, about three weeks later, after being unemployed, uh, Darren posted on his IG stories that, you know, they're looking for bodies for oh, Tribune. Time out. I think we should say who Darren is. I know he's not here right now, but for the people who don't know, <laughs> Darren is one of my older brothers. Um, he's worked in the industry for over 20 years, various spots like uh, Gary Danko's, Staper Provisions. Um, uh, even was helping Chiru, the little uh, bar that's down the street from us in Oakland uh, during a pandemic before Tribune. So um, he's been in the industry for a very long time. Um, course my older brother so um but that's just to give him a little background as well um a lot of times when people meet us they think i'm older than him that's only because of the fact that uh i'm taller than him and also have facial hair but uh other than that you know i am the youngest of the ballon boys he's the second youngest in case they don't know i'm the oldest because i'm the tallest he's an <laughs> honorary ballon uh, he's, right. he's an honorary ballon because of the fact he has hair. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so that's the background regards to Darren. So I'm sitting at home one day 
he posts on his Instagram stories that they're looking for people just to, you know, help out with Tribune. I'm like, I got nothing going on. Um, so I respond to him and say, hey, if you need help with anything at the restaurant, just let me know. I not, I got nothing going on. Like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I can help maybe wash dishes or uh, basically it's just basic stuff. Like nothing that's doing anything with the floor, nothing in my mind because he knows I have no restaurant experience, no industry experience whatsoever. I've never been in the industry. Like, nope. You're going to be our expo. <laughs> yes. So he doesn't tell me. That I'm going to be an expo because he knows I'm like, what is an expo? I don't know what an expo is. Like, I know none of the positions in a restaurant except for server, cooks, bartenders. That's it. I didn't, and busboy. Other than that, I didn't know anything else about the restaurant business whatsoever, terminologies, anything. So I go in, fill out my paperwork. He tells me when it's going to start. Of course, it's during the soft opening, which is how I get introduced to Sebastian. Um, and, uh, Needless to say, our first couple of weeks together uh, was very interesting because Sebastian and Chef Omri and everyone else had no idea. I had no experience. So when they're speaking to me about things, I'm looking at them like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know anything. Talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I could I could say what like one of the instances was, but other people watching this may not know what it is either. So I don't know if it will relate well, um, oh, but I'll just mention okay. it anyways. So there's one night like in the beginning, maybe our second or third, maybe our second night. And Sebastian's like, yo, Sean, I need a ramekin. Radio silence. <laughs> like you, what? I'm looking at him like, I'm looking like, <laughs> what the hell is a ramekin? Like, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking like, what was a ramekin? He can see on my face. I'm like, what? I'm like, chef, what is that? And he's like, I don't have time for this. All right. You need to find out everything. So go talk to your brother. Cause I don't have time for this. All right. I don't have time. He's like, he's trying to make like plates and everything like that. He's trying to cook. And, you know, this ramekin is needed for whatever plate is. I'm still learning how to even just read the ticket and even say what's on the ticket that's printing to say, hey, we uh, we need this. We need that. Um, I'm still learning, like, order fire or hold or whatever. I'm still learning everything about it. And this is during service. This is during service. So, luckily, of course, it's a soft opening. But still, it's like... I don't like what I'm still learning how to even carry a plate properly and who to drop it to and not drop it where I'm crossing my arm in front of their face. Exactly. I'm learning everything on the fly. Basically it's almost like you gave a kid a bike without training wheels and it's downhill. And you're like, Hey, go ride that. Like, so how do I stop? You'll learn. (laughs) (laughs) It was It was definitely immolation by fire. (laughs) But I tell people, Darren wouldn't have done this to me if he didn't know my background, though. Like, I've been a store manager. I've I've run stores on Jordan 11 releases during holiday where I have just two 16-year-olds with me. And it's like, and this is at Hilltop Mall in Richmond. So it's like, he knows that I've been in the fire Exactly. He knows I've been in a fire where I've run a retail store maybe by myself the whole day and I'm there 12 hours and I'm the only person working because I've had call outs and I can't get anyone else because they're all in high school or college. And so I got to help people 
grabbing shoes, making sure nothing's getting stolen while on the sales floor, ringing people up, helping people grab shoes, like all that at the same time. And so I've, I told people like he wouldn't have put me here if he didn't know that I could handle it. Yeah, it's going to be a rough spot at first, but he's going to get it through repetition. Now, if I didn't have that background being a store manager and working where I've worked in other fields, he definitely would have like, you know, thank you for the offer. But uh, we just, you know, we need someone with a little more experience. I'm like, okay, cool. I would have been back to, okay, I'll just be unemployed. <laughs> I've never told y'all my, um, how I got hired. No. The whole, how the shit went down. No. Because, you know, I think you started when I was out for surgery. What? No, 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 no. I was before that. Remember, I, I remember saying you come to the fucking screen like this. Being like, what's the score? You asked me, I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, but, but I didn't know you that well, though. I think you had no, just you started, and then I was out. I had been there so. like, I had been out. When, when was your surgery? Do you remember? Uh, December 6th and 7th. I started, right? So I staged before Halloween. Okay. And then I went live like three days later. Okay. So, so you started the, the first week in November. Yes. And then basically I was out two weeks later because I was out for three weeks before surgery. So you guys did the, the two week niceties, not really knowing. <laughs> then you were out for two weeks. So basically it felt like a month. Yeah, pretty much. So um, I work with Gina. I'm, I don't know who Gina is. Gina is the bar manager at Tribune. She was one of my bartenders at the Regency Warfield when I was doing that which i will be doing again soon i'm not sure in what capacity not like i was before but um she's bartender you know pretty much anybody who's watching this probably knows who fuck gina is because they know me so also gina has uh also canceled on nine podcasts i think now that folks i've done with her nine <laughs> she has like a streak of nine she's never been on the podcast a streak of nine day of cancels she's a eric no call, no show. <laughs> Nine straight times. But um, yeah, that's fine. She doesn't listen to this podcast, and if she does, I I talk shit about everybody, and I and I'm very transparent about the shit I talk. But um, so no, Gina's my girl. So she hits me up, and this is like a week after unemployment kind of dies down. But I'm like ramped up, ready to get into my tech shit. I have been doing the boot camps. I had me and my homie who's already in the shit. We have been working on trying to come together with some portfolios. Like I am knee deep and I'm about to be Jeff Bezos and Zuckerberg's little homie. You feel me? And so she hits me up. She's like, Hey, like she doesn't even like, I hadn't talked to her probably like four or five months, maybe <laughs> here and there on Instagram. But she's like, yo, um, I need you to come bartend with me. At this new job I have, I was like, yo, I was like, Gina, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't bartend. That's, that's not my thing. Like, like, what are you talking about? Like, not to mention, I haven't bartended since like 2018. Like, I don't bartend. I behind the bar telling y'all motherfuckers don't get too drunk and making sure that everything's <laughs> supposed to be. She's like, I can't trust anybody else, please. And I was like, all right, give me some more information. This is a Friday, right? So she gives me a basic breakdown, yada, 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 yada. She's like, just come by tomorrow, which is a Saturday. Just come by tomorrow. Just check us out. I was like, all right, what time? She's like, just come by about one. I was like, fine. I'm running errands. I pop in at one o'clock. I call her. 
She's like, oh, my God, sorry. Mikey's dad had a stroke. I'm in Fairfield. I was like, um, okay. She was like, but my boss is there. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, it's like the business. I'm, I'm thinking she wants me to come by to the bar to check out the bar. She has me coming for an, an interview, which I had no idea I was coming to when fucking Darren's there. <laughs> and I'm fresh off running errands. I'm not ready for any of this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? So I meet him. I'm like, cool. At least it's a black dude. Right? So he, he me in. And I'm like, hey, bro, I don't know what she told you. I don't know what's going on. She told me she needed help. Like, I'm trying to help, right? So me and him sit down, chop it up for like 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, man, you're actually from Oakland? Like, this is kind of rare. You're a black dude who's running shit here. This is kind of rare. <laughs> I like the space. I, I fuck with Gina, even though she's not here. Story of my life. But, um, so I was like, all right, like, I can get with this. He's like, he's like, all right. He's like, I'm, he's like, I don't think you're ready to, to, to be a bartender here, but, um, I'll give you a position as bar back. And I was like, bro, this is the, this is the biggest dip I've ever taken. I've always been on this plane going up in my yeah. professional life. He's like, mm, I was like, cool. I'll help you out for a couple weeks. Like, all right. He also told me I was getting a full share, which which I learned out was not true after the fact. He was like, no, I told you. I was like, nah, bro, come on. I don't forget. I'm an elephant. Whatever case, though. <laughs> so that's how I got in. And then eventually, after uh, Chris uh, ate shit and got the fuck out, then he's like, all right, you can bartend now. I was like. Bro, I don't really want to do any of this shit, to tell you the truth, but I'm still here because, you know, I see, we'll see, we have a dynamic. We, we, you know, we're, 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 we're a family over there. So I saw you should come get some good food. But moving on. Because I will admit, what, what one last thing, what I, I, the joke I had is like when I came back, anybody that was new was like, I can actually see you now. But before I, I just saw like a figure of you, I didn't know, I had no details about you. So, <laughs> so, you just, so you just know I was like tall, light man <laughs> with hair, and you wore glasses. <laughs> other than that, <laughs> no features, huh? Damn, that's fucking crazy. So hold on. So how long had you been getting like hazier vision or going blind for like how long? The middle of October, my right eye went out. Damn, and I was, was good, right still eye functioning. Was both eyes. Both eyes. Well, so when I finally couldn't work anymore, like they'll tell you when I was running plates, I couldn't run to anything in the back of the restaurant because I couldn't see. Damn. And there are times I couldn't even see someone was walking in front of me because, you know, as the night goes on, it gets dark in the restaurant. So unless you're like standing near light, I was possibly going to walk right into you without realizing until you're like right in front of me. I saw him hit the wall at least three times. Damn. Well, I was cleaning table 20, and I didn't even know the uh, little flowers were on the table. So when I was wiping it, I knocked everything over. Yep. Damn. And so after that, like, it got to the point, it was so bad. A Friday night, I drove home. I had to drive 20 miles an hour from the restaurant to my house because I was afraid I was going to hit somebody or another car. And so I caught Lyft to work Saturday and Sunday, went to the eye doctor, went to the doctor and eye doctor on that Tuesday. And they told me I'm legally blind and I can't work. So for three weeks, basically, I was out. And this and this this was going on for, you know, what, like two and a half weeks up to the point where 
I couldn't see anywhere. I was like asking them to change papers I had to write on because I couldn't see the printing anymore in the yellow paper or the pink. So I had to like use the white. And even it was getting to the point I was telling Darren, I was like, yo, I can't see anything. Like I can walk, I like I can walk plates here, here, and here. And of course Other we didn't that, know. So we're talking hella shit. Literally, like, yo, are you blind? It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I can laugh about this now, but I remember because like I was so new that I just didn't know. And I, I've never worked in a restaurant. I've worked in a fucking sports bar before, but I never worked in a restaurant where you have to be so like I tell people all the time, like, like, yo, we are military about our shit. Like, things need to be marked properly. Unless you say you want your food to just stagger out, we are bringing the whole fucking tables, entrees, appetizers, desserts, all at the same time. Drinks, all at the same time. You guys will cheers at the same time. You will fucking eat at the same time. Not no staggered out bullshit. So I tell people this, like, yo, you come here. We're not stupid fancy, but we behind what we're doing is like military level shit, right? So this is the first time I had to ever be around that type of shit. I remember like him coming to all, all I remember is him coming to see the check, check the score of the game and literally being like And I was like, what the fuck? Like what's what is it, like like this close to the fucking TV? And he was like, what's the score? I was like, uh 88 to 44? I like, I don't fucking know. He's like, I was like, you can't see? He's like, I'm blind. I was like well, no, no, you told me you said I can't see. I was like, you can't see. Like, what the fuck? I just couldn't comprehend it because we never got into more detail because we were so busy, you know. As a little uh, side tangent to the, we're not stupid fancy, but we do. We will get there if you want to get there. How fancy do you want to get? Exactly. Yeah, because we have access to get as fancy as you would like. Just a little side note. No, but no. no. For the norm, we're not going to be that, you know, got to have a dinner jacket to sit down. See, that's what I meant. Like, I, oh, I no. got homies to me up and like, oh, man, it's like, hey, that shit too fancy for me. I ain't about to be dressing. I'm like, you ain't got to dress up. You come in fucking sweats, flip flops if you want. Yeah. But on our side, we going to be top shelf. Oh, like yeah. Rum that Sean B talks about. <laughs> you know? And it's and you know like I haven't had to wear I haven't had to wear a uniform in so long like since I worked at Foot Locker so because I was working in financial tech and basically you could wear whatever you want like I had one of the one of the places I worked at we didn't wear our shoes in the office we had slippers so we had like little cubbies where we take our shoes off as soon as we walk into the door take our shoes off put them in our cubby put our slippers on and walk through the office. Hmm. So, like, that's the type of world I came from where, like, we got executives walking around wearing shirts like this, baseball hats, whatever. Like, absolutely no type of dress code. We got gyms. You got food. We got kitchens. We got meals being prepared for us every day. Like, to go from that world and all of a sudden being in person is like I treated this job like me learning when I first started retail back in 98, when I first got my first retail job working at Copeland sports. Shout out to Copeland's RIP. Oh, so I don't think you know about that. C bass. I think that's just a West coast only company. So it was basically a company. 
the sporting is sort of, I used to compete with big five, but they were better than big five. But okay. the problem is the company was ran by a bunch of dumbasses. So that's the reason why they no longer exist. And big five is still moving right along like a tortoise. Like a fucking tortoise. <laughs> so, but that was my first, yeah, that was my first retail job. And you know how I prepared for it? I used to fucking read uh, East Bay magazines, the shoe descriptions for each shoe. Like, oh, yes, like, this is pylon in it. Like, this is 13 <laughs> ounces, preferably. Duh, duh, duh. Like, if you pronate, if you, <laughs> and that's how I got my knowledge in regards to shoes. And then, after Copeland's, I then went to Nike Town in the city. And that's when it was brand new. And they, like, back then, compared to now, but back then, working at Nike Town, we would get quizzed on our product, like, weekly. And when I say get quizzed on it, meaning, like, what is the midsole made out of? What If I'm running and I only want to do short distance runs, not, like, marathon runs, what is the best shoe for me? If I'm playing basketball, but I only want to play rec league and I'm not really playing for a league, which would be the ideal basketball shoe for me? What's Stuff that? like that. But what are they? Yeah, what are you, what are you recommending for the short runs and, and, and the rec league basketball shoes? I stopped caring about that stuff like over a decade ago. Like, I don't care about that. When you work at, when you work at Full Locker Champs and all that, they don't care. Most of you fools are like, hey, I need some Air Force Ones. There they go, right there in the wall, dog. What size? <laughs> All right, well, speaking of fucking basketball, Sean, you are a yes. um, San Francisco Warriors fan. No, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. Uh, debatable. <laughs> no, Golden uh, State Warriors. Seabass, you are a Celtics fan. Yeah. Coming from uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. By way of Florida. Um, yeah. So y'all tied up one to one right now. Currently, this is Tuesday, June 7th. Tomorrow is game three. How y'all feeling about this? <sighs> I feel like. You know, All right, hold on. Take you know, turns. Who's going first? <laughs> go, go ahead, Seabass. Uh, turnovers. Got to cut down on the turnovers. And you can't just leave it up to Jalen and Tatum. The rest of the, I mean, game one showed when the rest of the team chips in. Yeah, they shot lights out, but you don't need the rest of the team to put up 26 points. You need 10s, 12s. Oh, but also props to the Warriors defense as well. They're not they're not giving us no slack. I mean, do you have faith that your Celtics can pull it off? How about that? Absolutely. They wouldn't be there otherwise. Okay. Okay. Sean, thoughts? I feel like the Warriors. I got a specific question for you. So after game one, where was your – because I know before this you were like, oh, we got this. After game one, how did you honestly feel like – because that was – that was so a big fucking failure. So I'm going to give them glass is on this with us because we are, of course, paying attention to the game on my phone. 
And what I told him before the fourth quarter, because I told him I feel like the Warriors are going to win 102-93. And I said, oh, damn, they got 92 points at the end of three quarters. The only way they'll match that score is if they have a terrible shooting fourth quarter. And then the fourth quarter happened. And I looked at him and I said, I shouldn't have kept my mouth fucking shut. Oh, you won't, you won't take credit for the for the for the for the failure? <laughs> Did it not happen how I said it was gonna happen? Literally. So but you know what? I, what pissed me off about game one was that I'm like, Draymond, you pride yourself on being this defender, right? Like, I, I hadn't seen the game because, you know, the TV's not where I am and I can't be standing up there because Darren's like, dude, get back to your station. <laughs> so, unless you come so pause, pause glass for then you're good. But even then, he's going to like, get back to the pass because otherwise these fools are going to be yelling at me, like, Sean, where the hell are you? You got food dying yes. on the pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I wasn't as pissed off until I saw the videos of what happened, which was. These fools are letting them just shoot warm up threes. It's like, are we not playing defense? Like, I'll hold for the student 46% from three in the playoffs. He ain't just, you know, he ain't Kev- Kevon Looney shooting threes or something. Like, Al Horford has been shooting threes for a minute now in the NBA. And like, he just started this year. He's got history of being able to make a three consistently. And, like, Mark is smart as streaky. Once he makes one or two. Yeah. So it's like, so like Draymond was over helping and stuff. I mean, I'm like, Draymond, you can't let the person you're guarding outscore you by 22 points. If you're going to score four, they need to score four or less. It has to be even. You can't score four and give up 26. And then what happens in what happens in game two? They put Draymond on Jalen. Because otherwise, Draymond's going to – he has an attention span of, you know, like a little kid. If he's not involved, he ain't paying attention. He wants to be involved. So then put him on someone that's going to keep him involved. I'm glad you brought up Draymond Green because I felt like if you close out on somebody shooting a three and somehow you end up on their head, you kick them and you push them, you probably should have had your second technical. Of course, well, you won't see I'll, that because you're no, no, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I'll put it like this: Draymond has pissed me off numerous times. I'm like, yo, calm down. You're doing too much. Like, I'm a firm believer. Yeah, like, yo, did too much for four I'll, fucking quarters. Well, I'll put it like this. I will put it like this: when he fouled Jalen Brown and when he landed on him, and then he had the legs sort of like resting on him. That's stupid. But it's like this, though. It's stupid because it's it's risky. It's like, why are you tempting them? Like, I know you're basically saying, I dare you to throw me out. I'm saying, though, if that would have been any other game, not a playoff game, is that not a technical foul? It might be a flagrant. Even worse. Forget about it. (laughs) And he, he has a two flagrant point still from what he did to Brandon Clark. So... But it's like this. It's the finals, and they're not going to like that. Like, unfortunately, the NBA's, yes. the NBA officials don't want to be the story, even though they're always a story because they're just terrible, unfortunately. They're not like how we what we grew up to, where the officials back in the day, they didn't pass out text because someone's just looking at you. Well, also, wasn't it? 
wasn't it in the later portion of the first quarter? Yeah. So, yeah. well, no, I mean, Draymond got, but Draymond didn't even get his tech from the Jalen thing. He got his tech from Grant. I mean, Grant Williams. Where like he sort of just like moved Grant Williams' arm, he swung his arm up, and then they called a tech on that. And it's like old the old the officials we grew up with in the eighties and the nineties. They were older. They came up in a different time where if you had to earn a technical foul back then. Remember, back in the 80s and 90s, fools got in fights and they didn't even get ejected. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I'm with that at the same time. But like, but like dudes weren't annoyingly ridiculous like Draymond. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. I just said it. Yes, he was one. But that motherfucker, bro, they, they he was getting his. He, but, he knew, okay, I got to calm down. I can't do the Dennis Rodman shit no more. Barkley was pretty yeah, ridiculous. Dennis Rodman did a lot. Every time they played Utah in the finals Rashid, or Alonzo Mourning, especially Rashid against Alonzo Mourning, or Rashid, Rashid is back too much shit. That's what his problem No, Rashid <laughs> got a record that'll never be broken because they won't allow it, but he got 40 techs in one season. But he is the reason why they have the suspension rule now. Yeah. Yeah. That is the reason now you only can get 16 before you're suspended because Rashid would get one every other game with no repercussions. Because he's, but he was talking shit. And yeah. Rodman, yeah, Rodman was, was like borderline on the Draymond shit. But Rodman wasn't kicking nobody in the dick. Rodman well, he kicked that fucking cameraman on the face. He kicked the cameraman. Yes. What? Draymond has like Draymond has like eight dick kicks on record. Well, the, YouTube the one against of him. The one against Stephen Adams. The one against Stephen Adams is definitely like the doing one, too much. Like four on Stephen Adams. What are you talking about? Well, the one we got like the flagrant when they were in OKC, and he deserved it. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm not saying. Okay, thank. You. Like I'm about to say, come I'm, on, son. what I'm saying is though the leg kick thing. All these fools do it. Even Steph does a leg kick. They got it off from Reggie Miller. But who connects to fucking the the groin area? Chris Paul does too, though. Chris, Chris Paul, Paul is no punched, different. Uh, what was his name? Yeah, from Hodges. He punched no he, dick in in college. What was his name? Was yeah, Hodges. Uh, oh, from, from North Carolina like State. From North yeah, Carolina State. Um, I forgot his yeah, name. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Wow. That was during the ACC tournament. Yes, I think. I think they didn't eject him because it was so early in the game. They know that the emotions were running high. Everyone was getting – it was tense that first opening 10 minutes. And from the referee standpoint, nobody wants to be the ref in the finals that ejected the main player that's going to throw a lopsided game. So then all that's going to be thrown back on him at the end of it. Because that's, that's a bold I feel move. Like, I feel like next game, here's my prediction. If Draymond comes out doing any of that shit, because he's, he, I feel like he's still trying to, trying to poke the bear a little bit. Oh, they'll throw his ass. They'll throw his ass out of the garden. Yeah. No, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen in Game Three, which pretty much happens every time the Warriors hey, have a game, wax, baby. This is not at the Tribune coming to the bar trying to come through with the. Uh, this is on wax. We got I'm you. saying, yeah, I'm saying like this is what's gonna happen. Boston's going to come out with that aggression to try to set the tone to say, hey, we're not some punks. Um, what's going to end up happening? Steph's is probably going to end up with two fouls in the first quarter. Draymond's going to end up with three in the first half. Arctic Blitz, baby, what's up? Um, make another one. And then, but the thing is, though, 
But the, <laughs> no, I'm saying Sean said he was drinking his fucking Gatorade. Oh, but the thing is though, because I'm talking, obey, obey, I'm talking. Your thirst, okay? I'm talking here, but um, Grand Hill said obey your thirst. You feel me? So hydrate. So Steph's gonna have two first quarter fouls. Jordan Poole's probably gonna have three first three first half fouls. Draymond's gonna have three first half fouls. And Boston's gonna come out punching the Warriors right in the mouth in the beginning. They're gonna ride ride that out though, because it's gonna happen, just like what Memphis did to the Warriors too. Ride that energy. But Boston's gonna get two three happy. Because they're gonna fall at first, I feel. They're gonna fall at first, Boston hitting threes. They're going to get two, three happy. They're going to start missing them, and it's going to end up being a close game. And it's going to come down to whoever can pretty much exert themselves forcefully without fouling in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a fourth quarter game. I don't think the Warriors are going to go in a third quarter run like they did the first two games in Boston. And I feel like whoever wins, whoever wins game three wins game four, too. I think that. Boston's going to come home, and that crowd is going to be like, yo, we're about to go stupid, stupid. And they're going to ride that crowd. They're going to do the first half. They're going to take a a lead, and Draymond's going to still be on the Draymond shit. He's going to get thrown out in the first fucking half. And then the Warriors, but the Warriors are the greatest third quarter team in the history of histories. Yeah. They're going to come back in that third quarter. Steve Kerr's going to go in there and talk to him at halftime. He's going to say, yo, I noticed this. Or he doesn't know his shit because he's an asshole. He, he's not a good coach. But his coaching staff's like, yo, they're going to point shit out. Like, yo, hey, Steph, notice this. Hey, Clay, we noticed this. Hey, Wiggins, we noticed this. We're going to make adjustments. It's going to get a lot closer in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, it will become a game. But that's well, I feel like... Is going I was going to say. fucking Boston first half, and Draymond will not handle it, and they're going to have a very short leash on his ass and yank him the fuck out. I don't think he gets ejected. He's definitely going to get at least one tech, and it's going to be something where it's going to be like, yo. He's getting two. He's going to get at least one, and the thing is, the reason why I don't think he would get two is because it's already such a big story why he didn't get ejected in game two, and Adam Silver is trying to make sure this doesn't come into – the referees are basically handing out texts and more. <laughs> He's like, T. It's like the wire over here. Go ahead, though. <laughs> BMO in the house. What's up? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just saying it's like, I don't like, I feel like if you throw out Draymond, then you're going to have Celtics players getting texts too because they want to play physical as well. Two. And so I'm just saying. The thing is, though, the Warriors, because it's a good thing that GP2 is back. Because without Draymond, if they still have GP2, they can definitely still weather some of that, you know. <laughs> because they can put him on Jalen. And Jalen's handle, Jalen don't want to dribble around GP. He don't. He don't get picked. Nobody was. Nobody was. Yeah, he's been, he's been getting stolen from a lot. I well, feel like it's going to be a great game tomorrow, though. It's going to be a hell of a game. What I want to see is if if they make adjustments to the Warriors' adjustment in game two. Because what I noticed, you know, I didn't get to watch the actual game, but looking at the highlights, you see 
Jalen and Tatum weren't playing any different than they did in the first game. Well, Tatum yeah. was passing more game one. Right, because they were they weren't giving him the lanes. The Warriors opened up the lanes and let him take <laughs> and, and they and they gave them the mismatch as well. He was taking on the drive in the lane on the mismatch every time he saw it. And then at the last moment, the Warriors second man came into play and forced the shot. That's not how he shoots. And that's why he started bricking, trying to do too much. At that moment, that's when he needs to be that playmaker. Like, look at what LeBron did to take his game to the next level. LeBron, you'd think Braun's going in there to just slam it. And he's doing a round-the-back pass for the next man to get his. So, Well, Braun's always been the pass first guy. Yeah. And I also feel like the Warriors are going to apply – you this, any light scenario? You, you're looking like you in the goddamn uh, Santa Rita uh, holding. Whoa. <laughs> well, the sun is setting and I'm in the living room. So, but um, okay. I can turn on a light in a moment. But um, what I was going to say is that um, I feel like the Warriors are going to deploy more of a strategy that they did with the Mavericks. Let Tatum get his, nobody else. Like, Tatum went from 13 assists in game one, which was a finals record, to three assists in game two. He had 28, but only three assists. Al Horford didn't even get a chance to shoot a three in game two at all. Gee. That's huge. <laughs> and they they had like 19 turnovers. Yeah, that turned into 33 like, points for the Warriors. Thir- thir- yeah, over 30 points. So... I mean, you reduce that's crazy. That, you reduce that deficit by ten points, and now that nineteen point game don't look so bad. Let me go turn this light on real quick. There you go. There you go. So um, while we just me and you, uh, Sir Seabass, how did you become, or what's your story on uh, being a, a a Celtics fan? I know you are from Massachusetts area. Or the state of, but um, what's your history on that? Did you have a, a elder who put you on to old school Celtic shit, or how, how'd that work? Actually, it was a guy in Key West, but oh, also shit. just out of the out of the loyalty of being from the home soil. And I mean, I'm not even from Boston. We're from the Berkshires, which is no idea what that is. Berkshires are. <laughs> A whole, yep, Western Mass, way out in the mountains. It's honestly New England, basically. Yeah, yeah. countryside, New England, but it's it's a lot like uh, North California, honestly. Yeah, Uh, real similar trees, except you guys can grow palm trees here too. Um, (laughs) The mountains. I mean, any ten, fifteen minute drive out in the Berks. You can be up in a sick mountain range. It's part of the Appalachian Trail. Like, there's always hikers and stuff out there. So, I've always had the connect. Always had the connection with with Massachusetts. And honestly, a lot of people from the Northeast live down in Florida, anyways. Those are the snowbirds. They're either part timers or full timers. Or, and we had a saying in Key West. You know, if you're in the Keys for more than ten years, you're a freshwater conch. Hey, I like it you said conch because I, I hate when people say conch. I'm like, it's not conch, yo. It's conch. 
it's conk. That's right. Big yep. Daddy Conk. Just like just like the shit you put in your hair. Like my dad always said, like, oh yeah, back in the day, I had me a conk and you know, It's <laughs> <laughs> like the same thing, man. The fucking the fucking shelf, the or I said it's this big ass snail, pretty much a mollusk, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a a slug and a hermit crab combined. But it's just fire. That's that Lord oh, yeah. of the Flies Lord of the Flies shit right there. Sean, you ever had conk? Nah. See, Delicious. Fucking shrimp, dog. I don't do seafood. I see food, but I don't do seafood. What are you Man, talking about? You love fish. Fish every fucking other shift. What are you talking about? That's seafood. What do you mean? I've had I've had a I just had the um rockfish for the first time in hella long. And that's only because Chef was like, yo, I don't want to make this burger. I got this fish seared off. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to have some fish and fries. <laughs> fish and chips. <clears throat> so I've never actually had the fish. Really? Oh, we- I mean, they never brought it to line up. I've never had a chance to fuck. Oh, yeah, we had it like way back in, in the beginning. We had it for lineup. Oh, I, prefer, uh, I was talking shit the other day because um, cause like now we have stodges like Darren's like, no, I'll send you some food. When I first stodged there, Gina was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like when you're done, like sit down at the bar, you can order whatever you want. Right. So I was like, yeah, give me the steak. Medium. <laughs> I, she told me I give her one it, Right. And that was the end of that. <laughs> yeah, because every time so, it's carrots, day, it's Darren, carrots and something. Carrots and artichokes now. It was carrots and asparagus or carrots and whatever the fuck. Well, I mean, when I was coming up, you only got fed if your stage was good and the chef liked you. Come on, baby. Now, the back of the house and the front of the house might, steak, damn it. Might, <laughs> might, be, might be different these days. But, I mean, normally that was always to – if there was a stage in the front, you know – the GM or the AGM or the captain or whoever was in charge of that stage that night would come up and say, Hey, we see a guy that looks like we dust him off. He's got great potential. All right, let's feed him. Make sure he look, you know, that he feels like one of us and then, or she, you know, and then in the kitchen was even a little more brutal. It was like, you know, the line would be like, Oh, hell no. <laughs> just so you wouldn't even and if that was the case you wouldn't even finish out your stars and just be like hey you know what like the boys got it today yeah we'll need you bro it's all good yeah, yeah hey but you know what like in a couple more months when you get your skills set up come back and talk to us champ like let's see where you're at but like it, like technically I probably should have been a stage before I was just the automatic expo. <laughs> technically the entire restaurant should have staged before we opened up for a soft opening just as a part of protocol, right? Like but it's hard to do that when you're opening. You don't it's hard to stage for a restaurant that's not actually functioning cuz what are you going to tell a stage who's there for the learn for the first time? Oh we don't know what we're doing yet, and this is how we're going to figure it out. Like, nobody wants to hear that. So you kind of have to go with your opening crew. You iron out the creases as you're going through the motions, and then you take a lot of notes. Well, even then, I didn't even know what stage was. When I first saw it, I was like, stage? Like, <laughs> like what's the stage? Like, what? Stage. <laughs> Sean thought he was the backup dancer. 
like we got a stage too. Like what's the stage? Like uh, I thought I saw the whole restaurant. And I got what it takes to rock the mic. Uh, like, like what we about to go in the parking lot? Like what's happening? Oh man, we gotta do that again, man. Or not again, but we gotta we gotta we gotta do that. But um mm-hmm. fuck, I had something I was gonna ask or say before in the meantime, in between time. But um You got your friends and I got mine. Fitteds and snapbacks, Sean. What's your thought? I'm a fitted man. On... Hold on. Oh, I got fucking hats everywhere. What are your thoughts on the fitted hat, white guts, versus the snapback hat, which I don't have any within reach. I'm a I'm a fitted guy. I grew up with the fitteds. I mean that's that's my thing. Like like okay, I was because we have to do a crown and stitch podcast about this. So don't talk too okay. much about your preferences. Okay. Here. I'm I mean, I do rock some snapbacks if it has like a dope design and it's something that's just not available as a fitted. I will buy the snapback version of it. Um, But if I can find a fitted. Yeah. So my only thing is about that. Only thing is about that, though. I am not an all star game. I'm not a patch guy, though, but I'm not a patch guy. I know I can tell. So, um, so like, I mean, I, I think I've shown you like the different websites. I think we have some websites in common that we actually visit to like find our hats and everything like that. So, but like when back in the late nineties, early two thousands, when new era finally started making hats in like multiple colors, like I can get an A's hat that was red and white, blue and white yellow and white, orange and white. I was like, thank God, because I don't want to buy these other teams. I don't. I want to wear an A's hat for every fit I got. So, talking that's, why I'm a, that's, why I'm a, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm a fitted guy. That's, yeah, but, that's why I'm a fitted guy. That's all. That's all. You got to save that for the crown of stitch. See that. I'm done. <laughs> Do you have any preferences on hat wear at all? Or you just rock what the fuck you like and it's just whatever? I mean, yes and no. Uh, one, I've had multiple different hairstyles over the years, so it kind of depends on the cut. If I had shorter hair, I don't really mind a snap. But when I had long hair, the snap just, you know, got in the way of shit. The fitted was a lot easier, less. It was more utilitarian. But for the most part, I'm not, I don't really lean one way I prefer a, a, a nice fitted, but I agree with Sean too. Like if it's dope, it's dope. If the design's sick, right? I rock gear. Don't worry if I write rhymes. I write checks. Okay, yeah, wrote me a check, but I'm so okay, fine. Um, so- <laughs> you better write you a rhyme first. <laughs> Ghost Rider Sean B from West Oakland. Oh, all right. So we're going to end this with uh, CJ's few questions that she has. You guys ready for this? Yep. Shoot. Okay. So she said, favorite albums. Oh, plural. She. It was a plural question. Yeah. All right. Um, Sebas, you want to go? Let's let's do. It's no. I'm gonna do like two or three at the most. But Sebas, you want to go? Yeah. Put him uh, 
Conflict, Climax, Resolution, Souls, Mischief, uh, Triumph, Wu Tang. I have a that's no Wu Tang Forever. This is my oh, yeah, that's Wu Tang Forever. Yeah, Wu Tang Forever. You're right. Souls of Mischief, Hat Club, uh, Ox Pack Collection. And I'd probably go with like Dre, the Chronic album. I mean, that shit just slapped forever. Still does. (laughs) (laughs) They should put that shit on the fucking moon. When the aliens slide through, we're like, yo. Get high to that shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would say, I would say, uh, Slum Village Fantastic Volume 2. Um, Jay Dilla, The Shining. And Michael Jackson, Bad. Bad? Ooh. Oh, shit. He went with the, with the, okay. Didn't think about that one. Forget about that one. Mm-hmm. Never had this on the podcast before, so I think of my favorite three albums. Um, one might be the genie of the lamp, Mac Dre. Um, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, double CD, literally can't miss, can't miss, can't miss. It's like two songs on there that are like maybe questionable. Everything else is like slap. And ooh man. I gotta go with some old school shit. Um, oh fuck! Oh, man, I gotta come up with something quick. I can't. I can't have too much radio silence here. Um, <laughs> let's go with one twelve, the original album. Okay, one twelve. One twelve, exactly. You know. All right, of course so I next know. The question is, yeah. Uh, favorite places that you guys have been to? Uh, San Diego. Hate it. Uh, well, as a kid, I would say Reno, just because Circus Circus. Yeah, that was a shit. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, my mom used to give me $100 in quarters. Damn. And then uh he was yeah. fucking out there for a long time. <laughs> no, she'd be like, it'd be like two in the morning. She's like, let's go. We're leaving. And I'm like, I still got quarters. She's like, let's tomorrow go. You know, when they do the tight lip, let's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Magic Mountain. Anything with roller coasters, I'm at there. Okay. I'm not a, a theme park fan. Seabass, what you got? Favorite places you've been? Favorite, favorite, favorite. Well, definitely loved Hawaii. I loved Keys. Uh, really enjoyed DC, and of course, Chocolate Bur- City. Yeah, and of course the Berkshires. But it's too cold for too long, so I can only go there during summers. Hell yeah! Um, hmm, good place I've been. Uh, probably number one, the Bahamas, where you can actually see like when you can get in the fucking ocean. And which Bahama? Um, so I went to I went on a, a cruise of the Bahamas. So I went to Nassau, 
and uh, Freeport. I went through the whole shit. But, like, the people there are beautiful. The conch is delicious. The water's clear. The beaches are clean. That type of shit, you know? Just, oh, yeah. You can see the fish in the plane. Yeah. Like, like people talk about, oh, you go to the south and everything's so slow. People don't care. And it's like hospitality. Yeah. Go to the Caribbean. That's like that times five. Oh, yeah. Nobody's in a rush to do a fucking thing. You're on island time. Exactly. There you go. Boom. So number one is the Bahamas. Number two would be um, I say North Coast California, Mendocino, Humboldt area up there. It's just green. No, that's number three. I'm doing number three now. I do number two. It, it's green. It's fucking clean. They got Glass Beach where it's like literally you go on a beach and this looks like fucking nothing but like colored glass on your feet even though i ain't walking barefoot on shit but you know <laughs> still, still looks beautiful number two my second home seattle you go okay. out there everything's green because it rains all the time but when it ain't raining it's green there's no fucking smog there's no fog it, the fucking sky's blue the water's blue and everything else is fucking green fucking beautiful and go hawks also i was on a fucking ferry and a goddamn fucking bald eagle just flew right past me i was like oh this is america okay haha i'm not trying to be out with no bald eagle though the motherfuckers are huge <laughs> Bro, it was like a it was like a, a large seagull it was not that but not that huge no, a fucking harpy eagle, like a or like a, a condor or something. That's a big ass bird. But a bald eagles ain't that big, bro. No. I'm thinking about the talons. I ain't thinking about the actual size of. I'm talking about the talons. Ain't that? They're not trying to hunt down Sean Bow. I know that. I know they're not trying to. Well, I'm just saying. I still, I'm cool. Like a Canadian geese, I can get with that. Like, I can smack the shit out of a bro, Canadian, Canadian goose. Geese is is for one thing about the same size. As a bald eagle, and way more dangerous because they hostile. I beat a Canadian goose's ass <laughs> like it was from Montclair, Piedmont. <laughs> I would love to see it. How about this? They don't make a bet. Yeah, I they're walk mean. They're if, mean. If the Celtics win the finals, Sean has to go fight a cut Canadian goose. Ooh, <laughs> I got Warriors win. You got to cook one. <laughs> it's against Deal. the law. They're protected in California. So I'll just get not a different type of goose. Bro, not on Seabass's grill, though. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, if you're in Alaska, you can eat them and shoot them and everything. But in California, that's the reason why they don't migrate anymore, because they're protected here. Okay, cool. He'll order one. <laughs> they made him lazy. You fight the goose if the Celtics win, and he will cook the goose if the Warriors win. How about that? Then, I'm not fighting. A, I'm not breaking the law. That's a fucking felony, dude. You talking? You talking a whole lot of shit. Like two minutes. If it, yo, if it comes at me, like when I used to walk my son around the lake when he was in a stroller, I was. I swear to God, one of these fucking birds come near me and hiss. I'm gonna fucking put this Jordan right up your fucking mouth. Paul. <laughs> Speaking of Jordans, anybody watching? Uh, my birthday is on Saturday, so if y'all want to, um, you know, gift me a two hundred dollar pair of shoes, you know what's happening. Uh, Patreon.com says so in a special dollar science smooth as eggs on the cash app. But um, yeah, we need to we, we need to do more than sixty covers a night. 
hey, 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 keep keep that down, sir. You must be promoting shit. <laughs> I'm just talking about if you want me to buy you some two hundred dollar shoes, I can't even buy myself a hundred dollar shoes. I'm talking to you. I was talking. To- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to buy me some shoes too. You know. Yeah, I haven't bought a pair of shoes in a minute. I've been buying hats like a motherfucker, but well, I I can't say I haven't bought any shoes in a minute. But I'm just saying, like, we about to tap out of here, so I'm gonna give you all the one. I brought in uh, Seabass first, so Seabass, you're gonna be the one. Um, tell the people how they should meet you. Tell them any th- any parting things you got to say. Just give your exit speech, sir. Well, come on down, and see us at Tribune, Oakland, four hundred one, thirteenth and Franklin. I'll be there behind the line cooking up plates. Uh, you want to give them a way to reach you personally, sir? Yeah, if you want to send out an email, go to sbrown at tribuneoakland.com. For sure. And uh, Baby Ballin, you want to talk to the peoples? Peeps? Uh, feel free to come through the Tribune Oakland as well. I'll be the person standing next to the cooks with a mask on. Feel free if you want to take a picture. I'll be there to do so. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, I am on Instagram as Eloquocious. That is E as in Edward, L-O-Q-U-O-C-I-O-U-S. That means I make eloquent quotes while I'm conscious. So feel free. Hit me up on Instagram. I don't have a private page, so you can follow me if you feel like it. If you don't, makes no difference to me. We're all good. Um, however, come to the restaurant, eat some delicious food. I might even bring your plate to you and tell you exactly what you're eating. Go Warriors. Go San Francisco Warriors. That's what I'm talking about. Terrible. Eloquacious. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dead serious. Like, for real, come to the restaurant. The food is amazing. The drinks are great because I might be making them. Uh, or Gino might be making them. If anybody's making them, they're probably not going to be as good. You feel me? Mm. Stunt, 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 stunt. Get you a 13th word on 13th and Franklin. Um, but also, put your yams in it. Put your fucking yams and your hams in there. That's right. Shake that shit up. Put your yams in it. That's right. This has been Industry Special 46 with Sean Ballin and Sebastian. You know, our expo. Whose man's is this? The cuisine at Tribune, Oakland, 13th and Franklin. Come through. If you want to see me, I am smooth as eggs on everything, including OnlyFans. That's right. OnlyFans, soon to be only hams. Ooh. I ain't I ain't posting nothing on there, you feel me? But I'm there, you feel me? If somebody wants to throw $20, I, I, I post a pic of me shaking a drink or something, you feel me? But, um, <laughs> nah, I just always get to every, um, hey, new if, if somebody want to boost their IG, they can take a picture with me, so. Oh, okay. Only hams at Eloquacious. Cheers. But no, follow Industry Special on everything. Also, my other podcast, Crown and Stitch, with me. The Sneak with two K's on Instagram and Nick Ingvall, who's dealing with COVID right now. So if you give a fuck and you care, give a follow to the scenario. And um, that's it from us. Come see us at Tribune. Peace, peace.